Greetings kids and welcome to Let Me Tell You What I Know, a podcast by The Real Nubian on Twitter where I talk about politics, music, pop culture and whatever the hell I want. Basically giving you my two cents that nobody asks for. Welcome to another short episode where I go through my Twitter feed and rant. So let's go kids. Uh, Today is Monday, the 12th of July, 2021, and we're still living through the coronavirus pandemic. (laughs) I'm so sick of it. I'm so sick and tired of it. But what else? What else are we going to do if, um, as someone said on Twitter once, uh, beating the pandemic is a team sport and half the team is shit. I'm paraphrasing, but yeah, they were nicer. But for me personally, half the team is shit. Anyway, hopefully, hopefully we'll be over it by like 2025, if I'm being very optimistic, <laughs> considering the um, people who still think it's a hoax, people who still refuse to get vaccinated or social distance or wear masks or even wash their hands after fucking using the bathroom and the new variants coming up and the um, unfair vaccine distribution worldwide. So, God help us. Anyway, over it, over it. So, um, a few moments ago I tweeted that this is a One Republic Stan account because (laughs) the song Wild Life came on the radio. I love them. One day I'll talk about how I missed their concert in this part of the world and it would have been a once in a lifetime experience that unfortunately work stopped me from attending. Like work is destroying my life. What else am I gonna say? So anyway, um, yesterday there was a soccer slash football match between England and Italy and Italy won after like (laughs) a lot of anticipation from English fans and it's coming home blah 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 so anyway uh first of all everyone in the sports world or adjacent knows about the english hooligans i'm not gonna elaborate much you can google them and see how they've been a disgrace to fandoms everywhere for decades so anyway there was a video of a fan zone in leicester square uh, and it shows the absolute loss of civilization happening where English fans completely lost their minds and trashed the whole place over sports. I will never understand why people would do so much and like do the most over sports. It will never compute in my brain. But what's even worse is how the black players in the in the English team were treated and everybody has been commenting on Twitter over that Um, there was a tweet uh, by uh, Ogan official I don't know who this person is but a small account regular person a very apt tweet that said that black people in the UK's respect and safety is predicated on their success particularly in sports and entertainment and the emphasis Uh, sorry, emphasizes the precariousness of how we're perceived and also our welfare. 
And I've been thinking about this a lot because a lot of black people in the West, the UK, the US, Canada, whatever, uh, the successful ones are used as tokens for how there is no racism and black people are able to succeed just like everybody else in these countries. Uh, they, they face no discrimination, no hurdles, nothing at all. And why? Because Barack Obama was a president and there are successful, extremely rich athletes and artists. And if you think about it, these people's success is completely reliant on how they serve audiences especially white audiences because white people are the majority in these countries uh, if if you're not a successful basketball player or a singer and people are not entertained by you then you can be just discarded as everybody else who is not a successful athlete or entertainer so what happened was several accounts on Instagram and Twitter posting monkey and banana emojis for the black athletes of the UK team. And this, of course, uh, brings up the fact that British people love to deny that there is racism in their country. I call false, I call lies, I call fallacies and uh, fairy tales because racism is alive and well in the UK is just more subversive compared to uh, the southern United States, for example. <laughs> and British people love to use other countries, and Canadians do this by too. I'm calling you, sorry, Canadians do this too. I'm calling you guys out that we're not as bad as the US. We're not as aggressive as the US. There is no racism here, blah, blah, blah. Just shut up already, okay? You have racism, you have discrimination, there is police brutality, and just because you have a very strong PR machine that have been announcing to the world for decades and decades that you're like the beacons of, human, of hope for humanity and the meccas of equality and, um, you know, lack of discrimination or whatever. And this led to an attitude of sweeping problems under the rug, whether it's racism, homophobia, transphobia, or whatever sort of bigotry we're talking about today, because it seems that we're going to talk about bigotry in every episode of this show. And I'm, and I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm just as tired of this as, as we are tired of, of the pandemic. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that other parts of the world are like absolutely racism free. That's not what I'm saying at all. In fact, there are parts of the world that have the same sweep under the rug attitude as the UK and Canada and parts of the US as well, where they have racism, but they love to deny it or pretend it doesn't exist. And you get if you if you're a black person or any disenfranchised race or nationality living in these parts of the world, they love to gaslight you and tell you that there is no racism at all. But what am I going to say? The, the issue is the first world mentality, where these countries label themselves the first world. They have, as I said, the strong PR machine that attracts immigrants from less privileged, less developed, less um, mindful of human rights parts of the world. And people assume that if you go there 
you will be treated with the respect that you deserve as a human being regardless I was about to say a regardless and just click out <laughs> regardless of your race your religion um, your nationality whatever but there there will be a time where you face racism or at least xenophobia in these parts of the world and the only protection that you might get are a combination of assimilation and financial security if you're rich you'll definitely be treated way better than if you are poor or you need government assistance uh, if if you completely change your accent and some people even change their names uh, to fit in better in these societies then you are offered a modicum of protection from discrimination which is absolutely unacceptable by any means so what happened all of these conversations start because people lose their minds over sport and show their true color like even if you're racist <laughs> even if you're the most racist person on the planet why would sports trigger your racism so much explain please what's the what's the what's the point what's the like I understand that sports are important for human interaction and camaraderie and they are huge financial institutions but still it's just sports I don't understand the over abundant passion about it I don't get it so anyway so this was my issue with sports with a combination of racism I've rambled over that for like a while now so let's go back to my account let's see what else I tweeted about in the past 24 hours so we talked about the sports we talked about the racism we talked about uh, yeah <sighs> bigotry back to bigotry so there is a uh, some sort of Republican convention happening right now called the CPAC in the US and one of the speakers happened to be Caitlyn Jenner who as we all know is a trans woman uh, the step currently the stepmother of the Kardashians a very famous athlete a former Olympian decathlon gold medalist I think and she has shown since her transition a few years ago that she is a conservative both fiscally and politically she's a republican trumpster and she's currently as the trend <laughs> happening right now of celebrities who have no political training or information or backgrounds whatsoever uh, walking in the footsteps of Reagan Schwarzenegger and Donald Trump running for political office so Caitlin Jenner uh, was I don't know if she is still or was running for the governor of California which is a very important position because California is one of the biggest uh, most diverse most financially uh, impactful states in the United States and her her platform is mainly about 
uh, is mainly about you know taking care of the conservative interests so she talks about immigration she talks about border protection she talks about homelessness where her where I remember in an interview her concern about homelessness is that her absolutely filthy rich friends are leaving Los Angeles because of the overabundance of homeless people and how it's such an eyesore for them not that how is she going to solve the problem of homelessness so she went to CPAC and as everybody predicted conservatives did not open welcome her with open arms like she expected and how Fox News gave her the impression that it would happen that sentence didn't make any sense but you understand what I mean so there is an article on Business Insider that says transphobic abuse hurled at Caitlyn Jenner at the CPAC conference she was called a sick freak and she was dead named and those who don't know what dead naming is is that when a trans person transitions from their assigned gender at birth to another gender or they are non-binary etc and they choose another name for themselves um, it's pre it's preferred not to mention their previous name so Caitlyn Jenner was called by her male name when she was a male famous athlete she was which is what we call dead named uh, and called her a sick freak and hurled a lot of abuse at her and here's the thing if you aim to be a token for conservative bigots don't get shocked when they treat you horribly and this happened before with a lot of especially 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 trans conservatives uh, people who follow uh, these discussions online know of uh, Blair White for example where she also participated in an online converse conversation with conservatives and she hoped that they would also welcome her and accept her because she has the shtick of I'm not like the other trans people uh, she constantly um, brings forward conservative anti-trans talking points makes fun of non-binary people uh, does her best to make sure like like she's the good trans while everybody else is a freak and like a, a liberal social justice warrior psycho whatever and she constantly does that and that still did not help her cause of getting accepted and it seems to be the same thing happening with Caitlyn Jenner so her assumption that running for the governor of California and bringing forward the conservative talking points it's not going to get her elected so conserv conservatives are not going to elect her and in the same on the same page liberals and leftists uh, democrats etc are not going to vote for her either she's losing on both fronts so what is the point of tokenizing yourself and selling out for these people who don't even respect your humanity and give you the bare minimum of the respect you deserve which is properly you know addressing you with your proper pronouns and and not dead naming you what a wasted effort <laughs> to be honest okay so this is another tweet I tweeted today uh, let, let's see the final thing I want to talk about is uh, and here's a trigger warning for uh, child sexual abuse 
and murder if you are for any reason impacted by these conversations feel free to just click out of the podcast because this will be the last topic i talk about before i i log out so the new york post posted an article about a uk mom who killed her husband with boiling water and sugar after she found out that he sexually abused her children so the lady i'm not going to mention her name here uh, she is almost 59 or 60 and her husband is almost 80 and she found out from her adult daughter that her husband has been abusing the children for years since they were kids and this has unfortunately led to the kids are like a boy and a girl a son and a daughter and unfortunately the son was so negatively impacted by this that he committed suicide years ago Uh, The daughter eventually told the mother and the mother just couldn't hold it and boiled sugar and water, splashed it on the husband while he was sleeping. He suffered, rightfully so, uh, he suffered severe burns and it took him five weeks in the hospital until he passed away. The lady was, of course, um, arrested tried and convicted and received the sentence of life in jail and she has the potential of parole if after spending 12 years in jail now Twitter is completely on her side rightfully so I am on her side too and what's bothering me the most beside the fact that she was so harshly convicted of course I understand the legal the legalities of the situation where lawyers would argue that there is no evidence that the husband has done all of that so it remains alleged and it was not she splashed him with hot water and sugar in his sleep so it wasn't like a situation of self-defense so legally speaking and by the way we all know my position legally does not mean ethically does not mean morally does not mean anything it just means what is written in the law um, at a certain time and place so currently legally in the UK this lady was awarded um, life in jail what we all know is that if this husband was actually reported and convicted of child sexual abuse this man would not get life in prison the courts are so lenient with sexual abusers and especially child sexual abusers that it's mind-blowing we can we can pull out the you know um, we can pull out news articles uh, court cases etc where child sexual abusers got off on parole got off on probe sorry not parole got off on probation counseling very minimum sentencing if they have spent any time in jail before the before trials this time in jail was counted into their sentence so I specifically recall a case of a, a school bus driver who assaulted a, a huge number of children and he got off with a very minimal sentence so I don't understand why the law is so lenient with sexual predators and then they keep on telling us that rape culture does not exist why are you complaining all the time isn't rape illegal yes we know rape is illegal but something can be illegal yet you put so many hurdles in front of victims 
to get the justice they deserve. So yeah, I'm upset. I'm very, very upset. It it was it was unfair, um, demoralizing for so many people, and I just I just have no words. So yeah, guys, this brings me to the end of today's episode. I can't thank you enough for supporting the podcast, always coming in and listening. And I want to thank you all on Twitter for 3,000 followers. I would have never imagined this in like 100 years. (laughs) And I love you all. Thank you so much for the support and the encouragement. And um, as I usually say... Uh, Take care of yourselves. Take care of others. The pandemic is not over. So uh, wear that mask. uh, Wash your hands. Social distance. Get vaccinated if it's possible for you. And I love you all. And I'll talk to you next time. Thank you.